0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm a thistle sifter. I'm a thistle sifter. I'm a I'll forget it. All right, welcome back to the Wages of Cinema. I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And we're not sifting thistles, we're talking about movies. Um, how do you like that? I like it. Good, we'll keep it. Um, so, this week, uh, we didn't see this movie, but the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie came out. Um, and you had Ninja Turtles on your mind a little bit, right? Yeah,
1: because I I dodged a bullet this weekend. How's that? Uh, I was, I had made plans with a friend to go see a movie, and um, she was talking about seeing the the new Ninja Turtles movie, Ninja Turtles Two. Oh. And so I, I thought, all right, let's. uh, I'm not even though it's like a Ninja Turtles Michael Bay film, I'm not going to go in there without. I'm not going to go into a sequel without seeing the original. So I'm so I just picked up the the last Ninja Turtles movie. Okay. Uh, and just watched it, and oh no! And so. I was just watching it, and like about a third of the way of the film, I, I wrote down in my notes like, Why were you taking notes watching? the I Ninja always Turtles? take notes when I watch movies. It makes me feel like I, I'm good at something. And <laughs> and I just wrote down in my notes, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I. <laughs> 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 and I was, it's just,
0: that's making me laugh more than it, should. it was a few
1: days ago and it's just like man i'm gonna see the sequel to this uh, i'm gonna pay money to see the sequel to this and i'm like oh, what am i doing uh... and
0: and I, so you but just I didn't, told your friend no,
1: no, but I didn't want to pull out because you know that would have been rude. We we had talked about it like in the week during right. the week before, and she wanted to see it, yeah. so I wasn't just going to be like, no, I'm not going to see it, no. Uh, I you know I decided to be a little more mature and then be like, all right, fine. Uh, but I I wasn't looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> and be, but be, then yeah, but then uh, on Friday I was. I, I said, oh, I found the, film, the movie time. And I'm like, okay, you want to go see it at 4.15? And then she texted me back. it's like, actually, I'm I'm, I'm kind of busy that day. I can't really make it. Uh, and I was just like, oh, that's too bad. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> and I was just, thank God.
0: I don't have to go see Ninja Turtles 2. I mean, it. now, from what I know about this movie, um, now, a, a couple of my friends saw it. Uh, one of them... Just loved the hell out of it, oh. I think it, well, I think it was because he is he's like if I was still my seven or eight year old self but as a grown man, ah, so still like you know i I love being a turtle used to be a catchphrase <laughs> when I was a kid uh I don't know if you remember that from when turtles were huge, no I'm uh, not as old as you jack no 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 you're you're a little baby um. <laughs> I'm talking with an Andrew baby here on the Wages Cinema podcast. Book. So keep talking, but Grandpa. no, like so one of them said, "Oh my god, this is so great! It's like getting the '80s cartoon in a movie," and the other one was like, well, "That's better than Batman versus Superman," <laughs> which is kind of like saying a strep throat is better than having uh, like Donneria. lung cancer, yeah, or like having uh, the flu.
1: It's not a favorable comparison. I no. admit, uh, I I would say that. But then again, they saw the movie. yeah. So their opinions right now are worth more than anything no, I've just no. said. <laughs> and
0: I have not seen the Michael Bay 2014 Ninja Trolls movie because, again, I saw the trailers. I the, the hype leading up to it was really big. But it also came with the hype of them – well, initially, I don't know if you know about this – Initially there was some video where Michael Bay was going on about how the turtles were going to be aliens. No, that was that was like years before though when it was in production. No, no, that wasn't too far before it. I well the when it was when they were writing it, I think. Yeah. But obviously they changed that um because it was a made a lot of
1: people angry, and B, didn't make a lick of sense. I Because even though I'm not as old as you, I still love the
0: Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. Yeah. And I know they're not aliens. <laughs> yes. They're not aliens. I think I just came to the conclusion that I, you know, I, I I have this, I have the Ninja Turtles from when I was a kid. I was really into them for a very long time. Right. Um, I had Ninja Turtles bedsheets. Right on. I I, I probably, I don't know Calabunga, if I had bedsheets. man. Around. I had Ninja Turtles books. I was so into Ninja Turtles. I didn't really read comic books as a kid. I read Ninja Turtles comics. I am looking
1: at a stack of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles VHS tapes right in the
0: corner of that room. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, for those listening and obviously can't see it. I And actually, it's funny. I took a picture of those tapes and sent them to my friend who saw the movie and loved it. Uh, and I said, you know, we could have, you could have saved money and... You know, you should come over one night, and we should just get drunk and watch all of my Ninja Turtles tapes. Yeah. Um, because It's funny, because... Well, you would have had to have spent money on the beer. Maybe. Maybe they buy <laughs> uh, You know, a week before this came out, I, uh, I actually watched a few episodes of the old cartoon really? on, on YouTube.
1: That is something I have yet to do. Yeah? I have not revisited the Ninja Turtles cartoon
0: since it just went off the air. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... Before this, I watched uh, in two thousand nine. They had a special where they decided, okay, we're gonna end the the turtles franchise. Well, for them, obviously they didn't. But it was called Turtles Forever. Did you Did you hear about this? I might they, have. They took the turtles that were from around two thousand three because there's there have cartoon.
1: been Ninja Turtles cartoons after.
0: There have been so many. Uh, there, there's currently one now. And some now. of them are, are good. Uh, I haven't watched. I, I hear our, good things about the Nickelodeon our, one.
1: Our dear friend Matt Catania, for a while, constantly talked about uh, asking us if we had it seen just, Ninja
0: Turtles. <laughs> it didn't look good. It didn't. The CGI looks bad. I don't know. Again, I, I'm talking pickily about something which, again, you watch the 80s cartoon and it's cheesy, but this Turtles Forever thing felt like a good way to wrap things up. It felt genuinely nostalgic. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because it referenced not only the '80s cartoon, but there was also it also went back even further, and it had the turtles from the black and white comics yeah. from the mid '80s, and so it just made it a very nice, loving conclusion. I felt, and it even had a moment where it had it had some affection. Yeah, a lot of affection. I don't feel that affection with these movies. Again, mm. I haven't seen them. I might be misjudging them, but from the trailers I've seen. And the videos I've watched reviewing them, it just looks like they said, "All right, let's take what we, the formula we have with Transformers, and put Turtles into it." Now, I uh, would you say that the would you say the Turtles movie that you watched is better than the Transformers movies? Yes, okay. they are because one big reason is they're only half as long.
1: Uh, the other reason is uh, they do have a little more of a sense of humor. One that doesn't fall flat like the like
0: the uh, like the Transformers does. So it doesn't have Transformers peeing on people. Yeah. No, it does not. Okay, good. It doesn't have <laughs> turtles doing that either.
1: No, uh, but it also in Transformers it's hard to identify different transformers because yeah. firstly because they don't have much personality, second because there are so many of them and they sometimes appear for just minutes of screen time. They're and, like the Godzilla of Transformers from you know Godzilla 2014.
0: And during fight scenes, you can't tell transformers apart. Yeah. Sometimes. Even but, even like when they're on different sides. It's like uh which is inexcusable <laughs> considering the detail of CGI that you can have today. Uh yeah,
1: and this sort of reluctance of people to rely a bit on on original designs i mean in the cartoon transformers the the i, I remember a few episodes of that because okay. it got reruns when i was a kid right uh, i wasn't around during the first run but uh each of those transformers even though they were paper thin personalities right. you could tell who was who because of how they looked yes and um, michael bay's transformers films they just make them into these sort of metal monstrosities that have very little color, and they're yeah. all gr- and mostly gray moving parts, which is very strange. Yeah, it's like do you remember I showed you that video about the X Men and their costumes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a video. We're gonna put this like on the Facebook page because uh, this, I'll make sure. But... Yeah, this video mm-hmm. is very important because if you've seen the X Men films. There's a tendency of directors to take the X Men instead of giving them the uniforms that they have in the comics, like Wolverine's yellow suit and Cyclops's sort of blue suit. They give them these like black, gray jumpsuits, yeah, which uh, which don't distinguish them. And it's and they keep saying uh, the original costumes wouldn't work. And but the costumes have this very important purpose in identifying people and and communicating things about them. And the Transformers designs have this same idea. I mean, or at least in the original cartoon. Yeah, I mean, you can you can tell a transformer apart by what color it is, what shape it is. It has a silhouette which is distinct, and it's just every time there's Michael Bay Transformers film, they throw that out of the equation. Well, because all the Andrew, time.
0: it's not realistic enough. Yeah. If you want realistic movies where cars turn into robots who fight each other from other planets, you gotta make sure that it comes raw. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so. All right, the point I was trying to make though is that oh, but I, I can't
1: had... tell you about whether or not um uh the ninja the first ninja
0: turtles movie has any affection. It it doesn't. Okay. That's what I suspected. It it looked like it was doing its own thing, but with the exception of maybe two shots that I've seen in reviews, like that elevator moment. That's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's not great. There's nothing of, like there's nothing really offensive now, about it. The point I was trying to make with this is that you watch the '80s cartoon, and I watch like a, I, we watched a few episodes. It is goofy. Yeah, it is silly. It is ridiculous. It the the animation they didn't have a lot of money for it, and sometimes you can tell by how they reuse certain shots or try to do the bare minimum on certain things, which is common on certain TV shows. Um, but it has its own charm unto itself it has a sense of self awareness about itself um and also it you watch the relationship between krang and shredder <laughs> as villains and it's great because they're like a old married couple who are just constantly bickering you and know what it, th- it makes it more like a comedy show like i think as a kid I, I might have responded to the Ninja Turtles a lot, not even so much because of the action, but because of all of the weird creatures and because it was trying to be funny. Like, it wasn't something dark. As a kid, I liked things that were a little bit lighter and more colorful. So I think if I was a kid today, I would just be miserable. Maybe. <laughs> but you are about to say something.
1: Uh, I forget what it was. Because I was
0: bringing up the, tur- the Turtles and
1: Shredder and Krang. Uh, something that was interesting that I found out about the Turtles cartoon is that Shredder is voiced by the same man who plays Uncle Phil in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right on. Yeah, which actually makes a ton of sense now that I think about their voices. Uh, it's, but, and that's kind of weird too because the original Ninja Turtles
0: uh, comic was kind of dark. It, it was, but it also, that also I think was a little tongue-in-cheek just by... The, the whole was, concept was, of the Ninja Turtles was a tongue-in-cheek well, it's sort of a, jab at, at it's a, comics at the time. Yeah, it was a jab at X Men and Daredevil. I mean, and, have, and the work of Frank Miller. Oh yeah, and uh, um, yeah, and I, it, I don't
1: remember where Turtles came from. But yeah,
0: I have to thank. I guess I have it, to thank Frank Miller for like entertaining me inadvertently throughout my childhood. Yeah. because without Daredevil and his whole dark take on comics. We wouldn't have uh, Ninja Turtles and, um, you know, and Mutants, I think, was the other thing. a I mentioned X-Men. X-Men, right. Yeah, because they were huge in the 80s. Uh, a lot of radiation in the 80s. Deformed children. I know. Oh, well, that's not as funny today, Andrew. We got... It was def- funnier back then. Yeah, it's not as funny today with the Zika virus and things like oh, that. jeez. <laughs> oh, did I suddenly take it into a dark place by mentioning the word Zika? <laughs> that is disturbing. I, I, you know, it's like when I was Don't a kid, I part, thought... This part will get cut out of the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm not going to cut out the part about the Zika virus. I was mentioning it to make a point. You brought up the deformed children. Well, children. no matter babies. who gets the blame All right. here. The point is Ninja <laughs> Turtles, they were a thing. They're continued to be thrust on us. What turns me off from, go- like going out of my way to see the new movie, aside from it being produced by Michael Bay and finding him to be kind of an offensive person in general. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of resent having nostalgia kind of shoved down my throat. Hmm. I don't know if you've seen... I'm sure you've seen some of the trailers and commercials for this new movie. It This time, the movie... I guess they must have thought, oh, well, our fans listened to us the first time. They said there weren't enough callbacks to the cartoon. So this time we're going to have Krang. And we're going to have Bebop and Rocksteady. And we're going to have Baxter Stockman. And we're going to have the Technodrome. And we're going to have all these things in one movie. Are they going to have the Rat King, too? (laughs) Oh, man. If they had had the Rat King, I probably would have gone to see it. I love the Rat King. The Rat King was awesome. (laughs) See, now I'm geeking out. The Rat King was just... That's such a great idea that I don't know why no one else thought of it before. The fact that you have this guy in the sewers who can command rats. Imagine that guy's power in a city. That guy could take over a city. Yeah, I mean, he'd have New York within, like, an evening. Oh, yeah, New York. He'd he'd be able to take over most cities. And he'd be like... Well,
1: except the Greenwich part, but, you know.
0: Why why the Greenwich part?
1: Actually, it's been a while since I've been to New York, so... (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's like I am the Rat King. This is my domain. That's how he used to talk, and yeah, he was uh, pretty pretty frightening as a child. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, it's it's a it's a goofy show. The best thing in the Turtles Forever cartoon special was when they were kind of acknowledging how stupid the cartoon was <laughs> from the eighties. There's a moment where April is being chased by a villain who's basically a giant banana. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta check this out on youtube now. yeah it was kind of fun i, I recommend it um but here's the thing i don't think
1: necessarily a, a lot of i don't think a lot of people feel like nostalgia is being forced
0: down their throats well the, I, the fact th- that it's like you have to have this fan servicey stuff to get people interested well, fan service is one thing fan service works for a reason well it depends on how you place it, it yeah i mean you know it's you know, Star Wars, Force Awakens, oh, let's go get that garbage ship. Yeah. Pans over. Oh, my Falcon, yay! Yeah.
1: But, you know, <laughs> there's, I feel like I can't so much complain about this anymore, because every time I talk about how the Transformers are terrible, and then it's basically nostalgia keeping that series alive, and then when I see the same thing with, with Ninja Turtles, I think back to myself, and I realize that I will watch any Godzilla movie. Mm. I will watch someday Godzilla's Revenge now do you... because <laughs> oh boy because I feel like I have to <laughs> and I don't even know if the new Godzilla movie is going to be any good. I have no reason to believe that it's going to be a great movie at all. Yeah. But I still feel like I'm going to see that. Yeah, and I just I have my own you have your nostalgia. Own yeah,
0: I and, just wish it wasn't you know, so commercialized to the point where. Like alright, I get that if kids suddenly they have their own Krang and Bebop and Rocksteady stories, that that that's fine. But why can't Alright, you're giving them the Ninja Turtles, okay. Why can't you give them new characters to fight? Why can't you give them new things that that kid that this new generation of kids can have for themselves? And so, you know, you're not just pandering to the adults who have to take their kids to see it or people who are dragged on dates to go see it <laughs> i'm not saying you're going on a date i'm just you know what I, mean. I, I, I know what you're saying uh but again it's not we, a big complaint we know it answer, is what it is we
1: know the answer to that question it's hollywood it's it's all about money it's all about money it's all and about ultimate, it's all about the toys and ultimately i can't I can t- I can say how horrible that is, but as long as it makes money, then if I, you know I feel good like keep the
0: machine going. So why don't we let's, let's move switch on it up. from that machine? Let's move on to some good movies. I'm just glad weekend. I didn't have to go see it this weekend. Yeah. I can go see another movie next week. Yeah, maybe. And you know what? Maybe eventually, if there's like one night where I'm just kind of bored and not doing anything, literally, and I've seen all the good stuff on Netflix and. <laughs> somehow out out (laughs) jack will have seen everything on Netflix, and somehow tmnt2 out of the shadows comes on netflix i'll be like all right let me check out a few minutes of this i'd like to maybe see the turtles driving around oh yeah the turtle van's in it too by the way of course um you know what one thing before we move on okay when are films going to
1: stop Using catchphrases from the original shows as sly in jokes because they're not. In the first film, someone says,
0: Haha, "Heroes on a half shell," right? God oh. damn it! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like Gem and the Holograms. They snuck in sure. lyrics from the theme song. Truly outrageous. Yeah, like there's or a like guy-
1: from Transformers. It's like, oh, there's more to you than meets the eye. No, stop it! <laughs> it's not funny. No one's laughing. Or, no or... one's even groaning anymore. <laughs> they are staring at the screen, ready to throw their drinks at you.
0: The, you, you, you Stop better it. be. You, you. Yeah, at that moment, Michael Bay should have been hiding behind the screen, Louis Buñuel style, with his pockets full of rocks. If Michael Bay someday
1: has a Louis Buñuel rock experience, then I hope that it happens soon.
0: I hope that it's caught on YouTube so everybody can see it. Man. Man, Michael Bay is just such an asshole. The, one thing before we move on, I don't know if you—you probably—I don't know you even read this because I know you don't really—you don't really catch up with like the little, tiny bits of entertainment, whatever. Like I didn't even pay attention that close to it, but I just saw in my feed that because Kate Beckinsale, I guess she has a new movie out, which I might go see soon. But in some interview, she mentioned how uh, when she was making Pearl Harbor, Michael Bay body shamed her. Like, she was like, I guess I wasn't really Michael Bay's type because I didn't really have big boobs and blonde hair. And so well, he didn't really treat me well. That, like, that's that's a real shame, if it's true. Yeah. Well, Ma- Megan Fox has said over and over... Although, it's weird that she's in the Turtles movies. Because she said, like, repeatedly that Michael Bay's a big asshole.
1: Kate <sighs> Beckinsale is beautiful, though. Even in Pearl Harbor, she is...
0: Yeah, even in a movie she that bad, gorgeous. she stands out. Yeah. yeah. So. It's uh, not just about the looks. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Personality. All right. Let's get to talking about a few movies, because I watched a few things I wanted to mention really fast. Oh, and if you have any thoughts about the Ninja Turtles or want to yell at me for not really getting uh what the new Ninja Turtles are all about and I have no real ta- I don't know why I'm using that voice. Yeah. Less, just,
1: a little less condescending, Jack.
0: Uh, I'm I'm sounding like a condescending nerd and yeah, I, I apologize. But if you want to send us any messages about anything, send it to wagesofcinema at gmail or on Facebook. Um and uh and we've gotten some good feedback over time. I'm not going to read it all right now, but I've gotten some Good feedback on some of the episodes we've recorded lately. Especially, oh, great. And I'm glad that people, uh, and I'm, and thank you for checking out the episode on the lobster, which uh, was a first uh, for me because it was the first time I recorded a podcast without you. Yeah. And it was a bit different, and I was a little bit, I felt like I was ironically cheating on you with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Jack um, and I
1: are caught in a turbulent love triangle. Yeah, but
0: you should, you should see the lobster, man. You, you will, it's so good. Like it, if you t- if you can go with a girl to see the lobster and she likes it, hold on to that girl for dear life. Wow, that actually sounds like a good experiment. Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: I mean, it hey, will be, do you have a film? Well, some people have talked about this. So there's like a fi- there's this idea of a film that show it to a date, and if she doesn't like it, then she's not worth uh, pursuing. If she does like it, then hold then grab on. That's a good question. Do you have a film like that? Me personally, I, I can tell you what mine is.
0: Um, how about I tell you what mine is? I'll tell you. Tell me what yours is. I'll tell you what I actually did to. Well, I can tell it. Say your first. Unchained Andalou.
1: Mmm. If I can get a woman to watch Unchained Andalou from beginning to end and have her say, "Hey, that was interesting," then latch on there.
0: Yes. <laughs> Um, Well, for me, she would have to escape by chewing off her arm. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for me, it's a little bit different because I haven't really had a lot of experience with it. Uh, I actually point to two things that have happened in my life. Before I met Corey... Ooh, do tell. I went on a date with a girl who... uh, Now, part of this might have been just because this was the only thing playing that I thought was worth checking out. But I took this girl to see the movie Sideways. Okay. Again, this dates me. This is how far back this goes. Um, There will be no age shaming on this podcast. She kind of liked it. I don't know. She wasn't that into it. Like she laughed like maybe twice. How did you feel about it? About my experience with her? About Sideways? I loved it. And I thought, oh, this will be a good movie to take a girl to see. Like this isn't some dumb movie that's playing in a Cineplex or something. This is a really thoughtful movie for adults. Uh, which, you know, even though I was only 20 at the time, I thought... You were an adult. Yeah, I thought, let, let me take a girl to see this, and if she really likes it, that's a good sign. Hmm. She was a, a on it. That's not, like, the only reason I didn't see her again. I think we just didn't really connect. But yeah. that was one of the things. But, you know, if you... it's it, Yeah, if you ever had to try it, it again, you It's you'd funny when I think about this, though, because then with Corey, one night before we officially start going out, we did a double feature uh, where I brought over... Uh, this movie Living in Oblivion, which uh I, I really love. living in oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> 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 doing James Rand. Existential <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. do. So I I watched that Nothingness. this. Yeah. Right. I watched that and and then I we did a little feature of that movie which is a really funny behind the scenes movie type thing with Steve Buscemi and then after hours. Ooh, after hours. Yes. And she liked both of them, and I knew. All right, this is a good person. You bought the ring. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a good movie to show to a girl too. If a girl likes After Hours, that's a good one. Yeah,
1: um, it's funny the one. You know th- what the thing is though for After Hours? I yeah. feel like people could, I feel like anyone could appreciate that as a comedy, even if they don't appreciate it for its weirdness. So I feel like people might find it too weird. You narrow it down a little bit, but there's still some doubt.
0: I like hear I, I like hearing the examples. With Gene
1: Andlu? there is no doubt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like hearing the examples from uh, that I've heard over time of dates where uh, a movie made it kind of seem like it doesn't work out. Quentin Tarantino actually had this famous uh, thing that he would do, not famous, but he when uh, there would be a time period where he would show a, his litmus test was Rio Bravo. Hmm. And if a girl didn't like it, then he wouldn't be able to date her. No second date. No, apparently not, which that's a little bit unfair. It's like you, you know how do you know that a girl is going to really enjoy this manly John Wayne western? But
1: you know, if it's Quentin Tarantino, he has his own think, quirks. I don't think he, I don't think <laughs> anybody who doesn't enjoy Rio Bravo is going to really hit it off with yeah. Quentin Tarantino.
0: Yeah. The and the um The interesting thing, also in a more personal uh, reference, uh, my mom tells me the story of, and this is before she met my dad, so it's I don't even know I don't even know this guy was, so I don't know his name, but she said that she went. I don't even know who my father is. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Pappy, are you out there? Uh, Listen to this. Email me at wagesofcinema@gmail.com. (laughs) <laughs> no. Um It's not that kind of story. She told me this anecdote about she went on a date with this guy, and again, this is you figure out the date or whatever. She went to see Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh. And this guy didn't like it. And wow. he Wow. And you know, and she loved the movie. And she suddenly realized Yeah, no. Who doesn't like Close Encounters of the Third Kind? This guy. I guess.
1: I don't know. Maybe he liked Unchan Andalu. <laughs>
0: There you go. Yeah, yeah but I, I kind of love that story. It's like, man, if if he yeah, likes Close Encounters, maybe there's sort of a
1: graduated system you could work on. I mean, anyone who doesn't like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, maybe you could like eliminate half of the population with yeah. that, and then like you work your way up to something more uh, black and white, like Unchained andalu. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's an interesting idea.
0: That's a cool story. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I I. I... Here, <laughs> I, guys. Uh, I enjoy and, my mom's Yeah. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, if you no, you guys probably have an idea of a film you'd show uh, uh, a prospective boyfriend girlfriend. Why don't you send that to us at the Wages of Cinema? Yeah, first date movies. First date movies. The other thing that I could be just something like, "Hey, I want to have a fun time with you," or it could be that one where this is the trial. You are either the one or not the one. Yeah. What's your movie for that?
0: Tell us at the thing Jack is going to tell you. Yes, wagesofcinema at gmail.com or facebook.com uh, slash wagesofcinema. Um, the other last one I want to send mention... us one. We'll read it on the next episode. I promise you that. Yeah. The Want to be on a podcast? Do yeah. the thing. The other one I wanted to mention now, this wasn't, this is was a bad example also. Like <laughs> this was a, I, I used to have this dentist, and he told me this story about Did he show how... you a movie to see if you were the one? <laughs> <laughs> he showed me Marathon Man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, um... Is it safe, Jack? Is it really? Der Weisse Engel! No, he told me this story about how he went on a first date with this girl, and I don't know if he really knew much about the movie, but he took her to see uh, Bergman's Cries and Whispers. Hmm. now i don't know if you know much about it but that's this extremely heavy movie where you're mostly watching this woman dying for like in bed and like heaving and like suffering for the bulk of this movie and it's very much seems oddly about turmoil seems oddly
1: appropriate for a dentist
0: yeah (laughs) and they left uh and it was when they left the theater it was just like Wow, what the hell did we just watch? Yeah, I
1: don't think Bergman is a good idea for a date movie. No, probably not. Either. Especially not, you know, The Virgin Spring, or uh, <laughs> well, certainly not Fanny and Alexander. Well, that's a little too long. I yeah. think that uh I think that by pro- the time you finish Fanny and Alexander, it's already like your second anniversary. So <laughs> you
0: know, it's
1: <laughs> I guess by that point, yeah, you've succeeded.
0: <laughs> yeah, God, I. Well, one day you will watch Fanny Alexander. Yeah, inevitably, because you're on, you're on this podcast. One day you will watch Fanny Alexander, and I will watch more Godzilla movies. All right, we'll make that agreement. Sounds good. All right, so if you but movies. you have
1: to watch a number of Godzilla movies, which is equivalent to the running time of Fanny and Alexander.
0: Hmm. Well, that's only five hours, so I could just watch only a few. five hours. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> that's like what three Godzilla movies.
1: Okay, but you can't go short. You have to watch another one to you
0: have to get it. You have to get over. Is, is there? I wonder if there are any three-hour Godzilla movies. That God, would no. be. God, that'd just be too. Okay, long. you have
1: to watch a certain number of Godzilla movies, and then you have to watch Rodan.
0: Okay, there you go. All right, there we go. All right, let me talk about a few things that I watched just in the past couple weeks that I wanted to mention really fast. Um, of course, we saw X Men Apocalypse, and for the we've gotten a lot Which of was, listens to that. Yeah. So thank you for checking that out uh i credit you know matt Catania reposted on his blog yeah. so thank you matt um matt you
1: you matt you are an invaluable resource especially when it comes to all these superhero movies you are the living being that yes powers
0: our cast he 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 knows so much you could almost say he knows too much <laughs> but he, I mean, as a compliment, he, in in like a Lovecraftian sense. Yeah, well, he 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 knows down to like probably specific panels of books from like ages ago, things that happened in the series that will inform his opinion of the movies. And he's still a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, cool guy. Um, now with this in mind, I wanted to talk about something that I watched, um, maybe the most obscure Marvel movie. Fantastic uh, Four. No, that's not. That's not really. That's not obscure. The first one that never got released. Well, no. I mean, well, that's actually pretty well known in a culty way. Yeah. I mean, I mean even th- more obscure than that. In the sense of not many people know that this is even a Marvel character. Man Thing. <laughs> I watched a movie called Man Thing. This exists.
1: I hope that there is a DC character called Thing Man.
0: D- <laughs> Well, that's like I—I I had so much joy when, when I was like a, a a blooming Batman fan when I was getting into a lot of the comics several years ago. Yeah, and I discovered that there was a Man Bat. <laughs> I just I love that. I actually I don't really get action figures, and I think I got a Man Bat action figure. Nice. Uh but this is Man Thing, and it, I think that sometimes people who talk about uh, talk crap about the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. And they might say that they're weak or under par or simply bad. I encourage you to check out Man Thing. Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't because you could check out a vast majority of
1: superhero films prior to the the prior to Batman Begins, <laughs> and you can see how weak superhero movies you, have been.
0: You can watch things like Thor Two or the Amazing Spider Man movies from a few years ago, and. I guarantee you, you will have a better time watching that than you will Man-Thing. <sighs> Man-Thing is the most stock... It's not. I don't know if it's the worst comic book movie I've seen, but it's the most stock. Everything is stock. Every, the movie opens with a scene where teen characters are partying in a swamp. Two of them go off into a canoe and are having sex. And then, lo and behold, one of them gets killed by a Man-Thing. Wow. And like the girl and the topless girl in the canoe is screaming. Cut to title man thing. <laughs> and there's not much of a story. It's basically like is I'm it just like a teen slasher movie? No, it starts it seems like it's going to be that, but not really. It it starts with that, but it starts with that stock trope. That you've seen a million times, and then it goes into other stock tropes, like the sheriff from out of town who comes into the village, and he's not, you know, he's not a local, so he's looked at as a down. they're basically Jaws, and no one will talk about the man thing because it's just like a thing nobody talks about, except for the wise old Indian who uh, knows that the man thing is actually a once Indian who I think has become a a man thing. He's like a swamp creature guy so he's like swamp thing yes it's a ripoff of swamp thing and i think in the comics it was supposed to be cooler it's it was created by this it guy was named supposed to be cooler but it didn't end up yeah so <laughs> <good. laughs> yeah it um let me let me put it this way this was a line which i again i don't i don't take notes like you do watching <laughs> these movies but i had to write this down i'm studying for a test there was a mo- part where the wise old indian said maybe the swamp is in him Maybe he is in the swamp. What? <laughs> that is a line in this movie. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I think more likely, since he's uh <coughs> since he's known to reside in the swampy area, he's probably in the swamp. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you
1: have just like
0: the the God, a little c- bit of self-awareness would have cl- would have, would have made that movie a bit... It could have. It, if it had braced its dumbass B-movie roots, it could have been fun. But so much of it is so bland and dull. And maybe, uh, again, I haven't read the Manthing comics, but I assume if maybe they had stuck closer to that instead of a just lame conventional movie. It wouldn't be so bad. It's like somebody just licensed it out. Pretty
1: much. Like Marvel was looking for money, and the only thing they could sell that anybody would make a movie yeah. of, since no one cared about making movies about superheroes back then. Yeah. It's like, oh, we have this creature called
0: Man-Thing, you can make kind of a horror movie out of it. And in theory, I want, I kind of want more movies like Man-Thing. I want more raw, hard R-rated flicks from the likes of Marvel, because the first two Blade movies and the Punisher Warzone, right. I, and I think I talked about Punisher Warzone yeah, in one yeah, last Yeah, I podcast. remember that. And I actually kind of enjoyed it. It wasn't a particularly good movie. No. But I had a lot of fun watching it. And that was the most I could ask for. But this is... It's its, it's practically everything. The The Indian has environmental messages as well about all Conveyed this. Conveyed through tears. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a moment where garbage is thrown at his feet. And he looks up and there's a single tear stroking down his cheek. Oh, that's the best ad ever. Uh, yeah, ultimately, yeah, it is. <laughs> there's even a character to give you an idea of this movie to sum it up. There's a villain with the last name of Schist, which sounds like shits. Right. Uh, it's. Uh, that's all. I, that's my review of this movie. Is just uh, uh, shist, uh, shist. You get the schist of it. Um. <laughs> all right, and uh, now on the good side of things. Or, it kind of surprised me with the quality, talking about comic book type things. I watched this movie called Streets of Fire. Have you ever heard of this? It would be hard to drive. (laughs) I deserve that. Yeah. (laughs) It's not bad,
1: though. It's pretty good. No. That's where the Chariots of Fire actually travel.
0: It's funny that you say that, because this movie came out a few years after Chariots of Fire. Mm. I have to wonder if that was on the director's mind. Uh, This comes from the director, Walter Hill. Um, who also made The Warriors, which Uh is itself a... That's its own kind of comic book type movie, and I I enjoy The Warriors very much. Okay. Uh, You kind of gave me a look. I haven't seen The Warriors. Oh, well, that's something to put on your watch list at some point. Streets of Fire, this is the most... It's one of the most 80s movies. This came out in 1984, the year I was born. And... The gear when the world turned into an authoritarian government. Yeah. Well, the great, the interesting thing about this movie is Walter Hill just, he was coming off of making uh, 48 Hours, which was a really big hit. It, it kind of launched Eddie Murphy's movie career. And the studio, I don't know if they gave him carte blanche, but they basically said to Walter Hill, all right, what do you want to do next? We're in the Walter Hill business. And he was like, okay. This
1: never works out.
0: I want to do a, a rock and roll. Edgy comic book biker type movie. So it's wow. Di- yeah, young Diane Lane is this uh, singer in a rock band that's like a Pat Benatar ripoff. And she's is per- she more than
1: a singer in a rock and roll band, or is she just a singer in a rock and roll band? She's just
0: a singer in a rock and roll band. Oh, okay, so there's nothing that's special about her. Yeah, I mean, well, she can sing. She can sing fine. Um, then during one of their shows at the very beginning of the movie, Willem Dafoe heads up this biker gang and they storm into the club, kidnap and abscond with Diane Lane, and the whole movie then becomes her ex-boyfriend. It's the Searchers.
1: It is a little bit of the Searchers.
0: Yeah, she then he this then he teams up with. Uh, Rick Moranis, who is her manager-slash-sort-of-boyfriend, and who is the most obnoxious thing in the movie. He's just... uh, Man, Rick Moranis is really likable, though, to really make him obnoxious. Yeah, he is so obnoxious in this movie. Now, I don't know if whether that is a credit to his acting, or if it was the writing, but I don't know what. And then, like, he... This main guy, who used to be Diane Lane's boyfriend, and he... Uh, I, don't, I don't know why they broke up. It's one of those things. Um, the great thing about this movie, though, is how stylized it is. It's almost like the world of Sin City, if it was live action, in a way. Because like, even though it's shot in you, you mean real like, locations... You mean like Sin City... It, it,
1: the city of Sin City, the setting, is a computer-generated uh, yeah. effect. But the, the effects of uh, Streets of Fire... It looks like Sin
0: City, except it is live action. It's it's a stylized real world. Okay. It even though everything is shot on sets and in places that you can recognize. So someone like built is a set, hyper.
1: or they found a location that looks like Sin City. A the little Sin bit. City we know. A
0: little bit. Like that gritty, urban back street, you know, dark alley, dark street uh, type of thing, mixed with more mixed. Any not, not just major Sin City. metropolitan
1: center in the eighties.
0: Yeah, not just Sin City, also. Um, a bit of 1950s is in it too. There's like a mi- there's an odd mix of rockabilly and 80s music. Um,
1: the 80s. There's something weird about the
0: 80s, where like the okay.
1: 50s and the early 60s became like new again back right. in the 80s. You want to talk about
0: companion movies? Yes. All right. Repo Man and Streets of Fire are companion movies. Which one did you watch first? I'd probably watch Repo Man. Okay. But Streets of Fire is pretty good. The lead actor, he's this guy named Michael Pare or Michael Parr. I, okay. I don't know that's his name. Um, He wasn't in a lot of things, but he he's kind of a block of wood, so he's not very good in it. But Willem Dafoe is great. He's, Willem Dafoe is always great. He's always great, but in the 80s, he was really great because he was always playing villains, or he was playing Jesus. Yeah. Um, or he was in Platoon. And in this movie, he's just... I'm a, he he basically kidnaps Diane Lane and tells her, "I want you to be my girlfriend for a couple of weeks, and then I'll take you back to, <laughs> to your home. I'm not going to kidnap you forever. I just want to have a little bit of time with you." Yeah, this is like a rental kidnapping. Yeah, he's like a reasonable scumbag. Yeah. Um, and so, then if since it's Willem Dafoe, you believe him. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I was I was surprised how taken I was with the whole thing. Uh, so, huh. a, not a great movie by any stretch, but it's made by somebody who I loved all these things when I was younger. I loved the 1950s. I loved bikers. I loved rock and roll. Ninja Turtles. There, yeah, yeah they had Ninja Turtles in the 50s. <laughs> I don't think they they barely had teenagers in the 50s. Sure, sure. Haven't you seen TV? Rebel Without a Cause. That's like the where teenagers began. Like before, Rebel Without Cause, nineteen fifty two, the birth of teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was after that. Then you got all those Roger Corman movies with like teenagers on wheels and hot rodding teenagers and wheels yeah. on teenagers. Yeah, wheels on teenagers. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to talk about. Speaking of bikers, I watched A Cure Again. Nice. Yeah, I hadn't seen that in a little while. I mean, I rewatched. Uh, for the, uh, for the yeah, uh, for those of you who want to also go back and episode, now you Kanida. Kanida. Tetsuo! <laughs> right. Yeah, right. da, 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 da 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 Yeah, that's um, our review of Akira. For those of you who liked, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who liked Akira and want to send us Tetsuo! Kanida. <laughs> no, uh. I mean, I we we talked about this on the animation show, and for all for those of you who haven't checked that out, I encourage you. Episode twenty six, I believe, was our live episode last year, uh, where we talked about the ten most important animated movies, and Akira was one of them. I still believe so after seeing it again. Yeah, it um, I didn't. I, it's easy to take for granted how trippy this movie is. Hmm. I don't know if uh, that's a good word to use. It, it also colorful. Oh, wow. Of this movie. But, like, those scenes where Tetsuo is in his hospital bed and the, the stuffed animals start to come onto his bed and are talking to him, mm. that is extremely terrifying. Yeah. Now, granted, it moves on from that and then. Uh, he... Terrifying
1: until Tetsuo starts making people explode.
0: Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like it's the start of an acid trip and then it becomes like he controls the acid trip and forces like his energy on people it's
1: david cronenberg's acid trip
0: yeah yeah that's a great way of putting it and just a great level of satire to that movie but like not even so much in the way that oh it's funny it's more just great social commentary yeah about how people were living then and how you know if you let nuclear events happen it will really tear up the entire human race Mm. um but it also was about how things were at the time the fact that teenagers were just unchecked and corruption was rampant and all these things going on but it's also
1: about the the flux and and a great
0: science fiction movie such a great science fiction movie i think that you can look at it first as a great animated movie and that's fine but how they treat uh science in that movie itself how you know you have that character who uh he's the weird scientist guy in the trailer and he has like that dome do you yeah. know what i'm talking about with all the shifting colors uh, for me for me though the the science of akira is very
1: slight uh mm. it, it seems like oh i'm going to explain to you why this guy has psychic powers and it doesn't seem to have any sort of basis in reality yeah but, but uh akira is also more about it's not just you know the science it's not just about the time period but it's also about japan yeah in in that sort of post world war ii
0: state of flux it's, right it's
1: like a weird sort of second adolescence for japan
0: hmm. yeah that's a good way of putting it i actually didn't think of it that way uh well that's why i'm the co-host indeed the co-host thousand. i don't know i was just thinking up a new number one last movie i want to talk about were there any movies you wanted to mention aside from ninja trolls that no you watched I'm, just,
1: I'm just uh there are a few things i'm looking forward to seeing i'm really into sword fighting now the the in movies okay so I, was, gonna, I was gonna say like where where is your sword I, I wander the streets looking for <laughs> for opponents are
0: are you like yo jimbo and it's just like i want you to try me punk yeah
1: but it, you know i'm I'm try- gonna watch the three musketeers and the four musketeers again oh again yeah because you did that last year didn't you? yeah i love those movies yeah and i was thinking about buying them and i was just like i'll save some money and just rent them but yeah. it was uh, but then also in uh, the original Zorro with Tyrone Power. I'm trying to watch again, oh. and even The Mask of Zorro with Antonio Banderas. I still have that on VHS. That, that's kind of a fun movie. Yeah, it is a fun movie.
0: I never saw the sequel. I heard it wasn't very good. I heard it wasn't very good either. I but,
1: remember... I, uh, but I am a giant fan of sword fighting in films. And, and, and well, of course, Robin Hood. Robin Hood, of course, but and you know, the Three Musketeers and its companion film, The Four Musketeers, are the best. Are probably the best sword fighting films and of course it has our main man was christopher lee and a, a, you know giant cast including uh, Raquel welch who we'll talk about a little bit later mm-hmm. uh but i'm just i'm i'm gonna see all the sword fighting
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry just the way you said that you kind of sound like a, a kid i'm gonna see all the sword fighting <laughs> all the sword
1: fighting dad i gotta tell you i was I was quite enamored with sword fighting as a kid. Oh yeah, I, I didn't. I never fancied aside anything. from Star Wars and stuff like that. Uh, this was before I had seen Star Wars. Okay, like I knew who Zoro was. Yeah, and I would play around. Like I would take something like yeah. a stick,
0: and I would just go. Ha! I knew who Zoro was when I was a real young kid too, because I had like. I had some Disney tape, and I don't even remember. I don't think I still have it, but it had a bunch of Disney songs from. Oh, some of the I had movies. that tape too. You it did was too. a sing
1: along thing, and one of them was the theme to the Zorro. Yes, yes,
0: yes. High-five. Oh my god, we're geeking out here. Out of the night, <laughs> where the yeah.
1: wicked take flight. Yeah, the yeah. Zorro theme from the Disney Zorro television show. Yeah, that yeah. was me. <laughs> that you? you that, bat- was, that was part of my childhood. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that was... He I never the watched, sign of the Z. I, I never watched the song. show, but I liked that theme song. Yeah. That was a fun song. It tells you all you need to know about Zorro. Yeah, and yeah, Disney was very obsessed with getting a Zorro show out there, which is cool. Disney did a lot of stuff with television. Uh, yeah, of course. Towards the end of
1: his career. but uh, And by but, career, I mean life.
0: But no, that's, that's cool. I should try to... I'll try to think of maybe if I can think of any sword movies to maybe recommend. I'd appreciate you. it. I mean... I guess outside of going into, like, crappy fantasy movies, though. Like, if you end up, That's like... That's different. Because, I mean, like, Conan the Barbarian, I feel like, has sword fights and stuff. Not good sword fights. <laughs> I've seen that film. Oh, man. Did I tell you about the uh, audio commentary of Conan the Barbarian? No. For the movie of Conan the Barbarian on DVD... uh Schwarzenegger and the director John Milius did audio commentary on it. And it's basically just them gawking at the women on screen oh. and saying obvious things like, Oh my God, look what they did there. I just killed that guy. Oh, that was very cool. Oh, look at that. Oh, I was so strong. Like, that's literally him doing this. It's kind of charming. Yeah. And at the same time, you suddenly think to yourself... This guy was the governor of a state for years. Eh, he's retired now. <laughs> like, I encourage you all go on YouTube and type in Conan the Barbarian audio commentary, and they have kind of like a supercut of the best of moments, with Schwarzenegger and John Millias being really misogynistic, and yet, if it's possible, misogynistic in a charming way. <laughs> That's not as makes sense. All right, one last uh, I I understand what you're saying. Though. One last movie I'll talk about. Um I watched a documentary uh called Wiener. Okay. Uh Oh about Anthony Wiener. Yes. It it's uh, the
1: unfortunately named
0: Congressman well, from New York. Well the well, the best thing recently, um uh my my mom went to go do a double feature of uh the lobster in Wiener. And she texted me and said, "I'm gonna go uh, do my surf and turf deal." <laughs> <laughs> Your mom? Ah, yeah, she's awesome. Um, but yeah, this documentary—it's <laughs> um, you know, it's a fly on the wall take on uh, basically how this guy tried to run for mayor in 2013. He had come off of resigning from Congress because he was caught in a rather embarrassing though not though he never cheated that is a relatively
1: thing. harmless scandal he sent he, he he sent
0: pictures of his dick to women yeah
1: and but, then, but not but like women he was familiar with and who he was like having these sort of online sexual encounters with this sort of like role play sort of thing where it was like totally consensual and everyone was like, Oh, well, uh,
0: uh, you know, one uh, of the times he did it, no, but one of the times he did it, he went under the pseudonym Carlos danger, (laughs) which you, you can't not laugh at that. It's just great. I know. Um, and then he decided to run for mayor and, uh, and it's sad because I, it's like, he, he's such a, I agreed with so many things that he was running on and that he, was this really solid, really tough liberal, uh, p- politician. But as the movie goes to show in a really nice, clear way, the same sort of drive that made him such a strong politician also drove him to do all of these underlying shady things with women. Hmm. And and again, the problem was he got caught a second time while he's running for mayor. Uh, not while officially he was running, but he lied about, like, the timeline of things. That he said that he had stopped doing it, but then he was still doing it up until, like, two months before he decided to start running for mayor again.
1: There there are politicians who get caught cheating physically on their wives and who are still yeah. in Washington. Yeah, yeah.
0: They're, they're still governors. They're still senators. Um, You know, now, you know you could now. the documentary also kind of goes to show that the media certainly didn't make things easy on him no. because if you're in New York city running for something, the, the, the press there will just kill you. Yeah. You know, especially with your name and just the easy puns and, and it's funny because they show little clips here and there from The Daily Show back when Jon Stewart was on and right. The Colbert Report. And they have such good jokes. And it's like, well, I can't blame you for making jokes about it. I probably would too. And yet it's kind of tragic because he, the same, again, the kind of story where the same things that made him great took him down. Or the same sort of elements of his character. Like, you couldn't take out one thing without taking out the other. Uh, and I feel like this documentary does an excellent job of showing that um so i recommend it whether you really know much about him or not uh if you weren't even following the race that closely it still is a great examination of how a scandal unfolds and what to do and what not to do um you know and how anthony Weiner handles it is just really fascinating how he kind of gets so many things wrong and then other things not so wrong um so yeah Weiner. Uh, have yourself a wiener at the movies. <laughs> All right, that's that's enough corny jokes. Um, there are Thank other you. things there are other <laughs> things I watched, but I'm, I won't get into that right now. Um, so when we come back, uh, I'm gonna get into my cinema immersion tank movie this week, and uh, it's a weird one. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty weird. So stay tuned for for that for episode fifty two point two you.